So hi, everyone, and welcome to this next podcast on the international trade advice for family business. And in a recent podcast, I discussed with Anthony Cambus about his views on international trade and advice for SMEs and entrepreneurs. But in this podcast, we're going to switch gears to focus specifically on family businesses. And as a reminder to everyone joining, Tony is a renowned expert in international trade, having nearly 35 years of experience in customs and international trade and compliance in both the public sector and the private sector. And again, which still blows me away, having served for so long as a U.S. customs official and part of the team implementing NAFTA. So Tony's has personal experience of working in family-owned firms and having assisted many family-owned businesses over the years that are involved in international trade. So, Tony, welcome. Thanks once again for sharing your expertise. Thank you, Matt, for the invitation. I'm, I'm happy to be here and uh, looking forward to this. Thank you. So, uh, without further ado then, so what would you say are some of the distinct issues facing family-owned firms that are either thinking of internationalizing or have recently embarked on international trade? Well, of course, there's both uh, challenges and opportunities and I'm sure a lot of the challenges have been discussed elsewhere. So today I'm gonna to focus on not ignoring those, those challenges which exist, but I'm gonna focus on some of the opportunities which I think uh, I've experienced personally in, in working in family owned uh, businesses that were engaged in international trade. And, and one is really uh, especially leveraging the, the connections that in, in this case, kind of uh, family owned business where the family-owned business that was in Florida was owned by people from Central America who opened a business in Tampa and Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. So leveraging those connections that they had both in Florida and in Central America, I think was key. And, and that to me is an opportunity that if anything in the year 2022 and, and, and further in the future is actually expanded since this was in the late 80s when I'm talking about, but definitely has expanded. I think that's really great because in one of my works that I've been doing recently, I've been trying to highlight how, you know, often when we think about the family business, we just look inside the boundaries of the family business, but we forget that there are family members elsewhere across the world, even uh, you know, operating in other markets, let alone in other parts of, let's say, the US or the UK. And you know, they are there as a resource. They're there to help potentially connect the family business into an international market. So I think it's a really great point there to emphasize how distributed the family is and how useful it is to take advantage of family members dispersed you know, all over the place as, as a potential vehicle for international trade. Oh, absolutely. And in my own case, I have family, I, I was speaking earlier in the day, I have a nephew who lives in Thailand. And sometimes when I need kind of a perspective on the ground and what's going on in Thailand and how US goods and services technologies may be accepted or, or valued in, in, in Thailand, I can reach out to my nephew and get a perspective. Mm -hmm. He knows both contexts, you know, living in, grew up in Florida and, and uh, lived in Thailand for a number of years now. So my own case and i do some international consulting that that can be helpful as well great yeah. i was wondering as part of your role in the university of mississippi in, in helping local businesses there with international trade i'm assuming you probably encountered a few family businesses do you see anything that sticks out in terms of the way they do things or in terms of the way they think about trading 
or doing business that's maybe different from your typical business or? Well, what I think you see, of course, uh, because it's a family owned business and in, in my experience, a lot of times, a lot of the rigid boundaries that you would see in a non-family owned business as to what roles people play in, in that business kind of get erased. And so that can be a good thing, but it can also be a challenging thing. So whatever title someone gives themselves, if it's a family owned business, a lot of times, because it is a family, a lot of those titles aren't as rigid. So mm. marketing manager or owner, et cetera, uh, don't always mean the same thing as they do for a non-family owned business. A lot less well-defined, I would say, which brings yeah, opportunities and challenges. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm thinking of a few examples off the top of my head where you know, family members, by by virtue of being family, they they have decision power. They have decision making rights that you know, non family employees would not have. So that is quite interesting from an international perspective because when they see opportunities that are in, they are in better, more empowered positions to take advantage of them. So that that, that raises an interesting aspect for the growth of the family business. And another thing, if you don't mind, I could add real quick, of course, and not to generalize because. You know, cultures in other countries are, it's, it's very difficult to generalize, but of course, mm -hmm. family-owned businesses, when they come from different countries of origin and different cultural backgrounds, can definitely impact as well. And uh, being from Florida originally and uh, working in Miami, there are many, many family-owned businesses um, that are, fa are family-owned businesses that were started by people either originally from especially Latin American countries, mm -hmm. Cuba, uh, Venezuela, uh, Brazil, et cetera. And so within that, um, I guess, definition of what is a family-owned business, of course, I think the cultures of the countries of origin, as they've adapted them, of course, mm -hmm. to the new countries can really come into play as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that, that's a super interesting point about how the evolution of a particular location, for instance, having developed a diaspora, having developed a um, like an immigrant community, and then that can also facilitate uh, trade flows and facilitate opportunities as well. So I think that's a really interesting perspective on things. I think moving on to my second question, then we know that family firms are typically ready to play the long game and often quite cautious. They're often especially cautious about involving outsiders in, in what would be thought about as, as key strategic uh, business decisions, uh, of which, you know, going abroad is, is definitely one of them. Um, what has been some of your experience working with family owned firms? And is there any advice or encouragement that you would give them about drawing on outside advice um, and, uh, you know, leveraging those types of things for international trade? So that's a, that's a great question. And so my experience, of course, I've also seen going back to my last answer, how the, the culture and country of origin can, can impact that as well. But what I'll say generally is that family and firms sometimes may struggle with opening up to really listening to carefully ideas and, mm -hmm. and trusting uh, ideas and, and assistance from people who are not part of the family. So I'm not talking about when I, when I look at family and firms where that might be the case, what I try to do myself is I have to gain their trust mm -hmm. and show that, hey, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. It's your, your business, your family and business. However, I just wanna share this perspective with you. And so I guess 
what a lot of family-owned businesses may not always do well is really understand that it's, I, I believe, in their interest to be very open to hearing what others say and then deciding, of course, what's in their best interest, but not dismissing it as not being as valid or as valuable as maybe advice that comes from within the family, if that makes sense. So opening up without giving up, you don't have to give up your power and your decision-making authority, but opening up to other ideas from outside the family. I think that's a really important point. Is, um, in, in some of my own uh, research, which we published in familybusiness.org, we looked at how oftentimes when you over rely on the family especially inside the business it can create a kind of almost like a groupthink situation you've just become locked to the family's train of thought when you know outside advice and ideas can be can be really beneficial to challenging some assumptions especially when something such as as international trade so as you say we recognize that families want to protect their power and their decisions decision rights over the business but at the same time that shouldn't come at the expense of good advice and, and, and capturing good support that is uh, you know, so widely available for international trade. Agreed, and realizing that and sometimes it's difficult that no one person, so kind of parking our egos, no one person knows everything that we need to know. And so it's in our own interest personally, but also in our family's interest when we have a family and business to bring in inputs and consider ideas mm -hmm. and give them a, a fair consideration before rejecting them. And hopefully many of those can be integrated into the family successfully. Yeah, I think that, you know, having those open boundaries, I mean, one, one of the things that struck me from the first podcast that we did together in, in, in talking about advice for SMEs, uh, small, medium enterprises and entrepreneurs was how, there is such a plethora of support networks out there from commercial diplomats to international trade assistance to, you know, yourself working in the University of Mississippi and supporting uh, local SMEs to internationalize. And so, you know, with, with that kind of a support network in place who have this kind of expertise, we'd really encourage family firms to tap into that because it can de-risk the whole process of internationalization as well. So it's, I think, something that we, it's good to encourage. I'm, I'm glad that came up in our conversation. Now, reaching out to resources and understanding that can be an extension of your business. In the case of a family-owned business, really an extension of your family. And so mm. in the field that I work in, providing international trade assistance to entrepreneurs and SMEs uh, in the United States and Mississippi, we work very closely with our local economic development um, entities, as well as our state trade and our federal trade assistance providers. And so bringing resources together and, and offering them to the family-owned businesses that I work with uh, can be valuable. And, and that really takes gaining trust where people realize, and, and I've seen it happen not only with family-owned businesses, with anyone that you're providing any kind of assistance to. You're not forcing anyone to do anything, but getting the trust where you, where you can actually show that, hey, these ideas can be helpful and, and helpful. Yeah. Great. No, brilliant. I mean, I think let me um, segue to my final question then, which is, you know, with all this in mind, and we, we've already, I think, hinted at this, but what, what advice would you offer to family-owned firms either involved in or, or looking to or aspiring to trade internationally? Well, one thing I would say, of course, and 
we just talked about it, seek out assistance, but really leverage those powerful advantages that you have as a family. So the connections, the, the desire to create a successful business that can be sustainable in time that's going to last. Because mm-hmm. one of the, I think the powerful motivations of a family and business is that it's really for the good, quote unquote, of the family. And so um, really taking that as kind of uh, an impetus to success and not seeing it as something that is just about making money. It's about, I think, a legacy. And, and dare yeah. I say, have fun too. You know, you can have a lot of fun uh, in a family and business and I've worked in some and, and you can make some money and, and you can also help solidify the future of your own family and your legacy. So have fun. No, absolutely. I think that that's a great way of looking at it to say, you know, it, it creates really good opportunities for the family to create the legacy, expand the opportunities to pass the business on to the next generation. Actually, that reminds me of one thing we have, um, I don't have a podcast on this, but I do have, we, we do have an article on familybusiness.org about how millennials can support family firms to internationalize. And we had some work by uh, colleagues out in Italy who found that family firms could really benefit from just involving the next generation, but also especially, you know, the, the millennials now coming through and they have an eye, you know, towards transformation, towards digitalization, towards internationalizing the business so that, that's another uh, i think a good point for us to finish on is as you were saying remember the unique resources inside the family business not least yeah. of which family ties but also family members themselves oh and, and just to further uh, build on that real quick that of course uh, as you mentioned it could be generational but there's a good chance in a lot of family and businesses that the younger generation may have friendships and uh, either let's say professional networks or friendships that extend into other countries that the family itself doesn't have from its own background. So uh, I think that creates an opportunity to widen the, the circle of influence and trust of a family by tapping into the individual connections and resources that each member of the family has, not just the family as a unit, but each individual brings his or her own connections uh, that could be global in nature. And, and probably, uh, the younger generation probably has been much more exposed to international travel, <laughs> international friendships, yes, yes. international studies than, than past generations. So use that as, as a springboard, I would say. Yeah, it, is. it suggests you know, a fantastic resource available to family business just inside the, the business without even realizing Well, Tony, that's been a fantastic session. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and also your advice for family business. It's really uh, positive. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. And I really wish every family-owned business that may listen to this podcast to really relish each day that you have an opportunity to work on your business and in your business with with your family. And it's a very uh, special I would say opportunity. So I think it's important to relish that. And, and if you can, as I said, it is a lot of hard work and families don't always agree about everything and that can create some stress. And as I said, I was going to focus more on the opportunities today, but the opportunities to build a legacy and hopefully even have fun and make some money mm-hmm. uh, while you're doing it. I think that those are powerful drivers.
Great. No, I think that's a beautiful message to end on. So thank you so much, Tony. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Matt.